Welcome back as we continue on, taking you up until 6 o'clock here tonight. Talk some Hawkeyes in the first hour of the program. Time to get a little deeper into the Cyclones. Look at the depth chart and a whole lot more coming up here with Ben Visser from the Cedar Rapids Gazette who joins us here today. Ben, it's been a while. Football season's back. Good to have you on again. How are things? It is finally back. It has been way too long. I think what made it worse, especially for our state fans, is we didn't get the spring game. Mm-hmm. Iowa State fans did not get it. Iowa State media didn't get it. So I feel like we've all been starved and we've been craving that itch trying to get back to football season. So I think we're all ready for this week. Chomping at the bit, no doubt about it, and ready to go. Well, before we kind of get into the nuts and bolts, some position battles that still remain out there and excited to see what this team looks like in week one against South Dakota State. Let's get into the housekeeping starting. And I saw your tweet. We saw no Tongamoa listed in the two deep. And, well, that's a little bit odd. And then just a few minutes later, we found out the reason for it. Had an OWI back uh, earlier in the year, back in 2018, and uh, a one-game suspension. So if you can fill us in a little bit, Ben, uh, how that went down and, and the information after you see the depth chart, how it was passed along to you. Sure. Um, yeah, that suspension announcement was kind of interesting because I remember Matt Campbell was asked at media day what Camilo Tangamoa's standing was with the football team. And Matt Campbell seemed kind of confused by the question. And he's like, oh, yeah, he should be fine. Uh, I don't know if he just didn't remember that he had the OWI or if he just ignored it or I don't know what had happened. But, um, yeah, so that was interesting. And then, obviously, today when everyone notices that Tangamo is not on the two deep, um, we get told that, yes, he is suspended for the one game. Um, but that gives a guy like Isaiah Lee, who is a true freshman, an opportunity to maybe play, um, especially due to the new – um, freshman rule where they can play four years without, or four, huh, four years, four games without mm-hmm. losing a year of eligibility. Right. Uh-huh. So um, that should be interesting to see if he plays and how well he does if he gets in. Hey, Ben, I'm real curious uh, since it appears that, that what you just stated, Tongamoa, uh, will not play in game one. And you just talked a little bit about somebody having an opportunity now to uh, possibly make a statement in game one. When he comes back, does he come back immediately, did they say, uh, as the number two or backup guy on that line, or will he have to earn his way back on, or do you know? Right. Um, they didn't specifically say, but I would guess that he's going to have to earn his way back to that number two spot. I think he's the most talented guy, especially for the number two, for the backup um, position, but I think he's going to have to earn his way from everything that we've heard in the fall camp, um, he's had a very good fall camp, and he's impressed the coaches. So he should get that spot back without uh, too much trouble. But I think it will be a thing that he has to earn, especially if a guy like Isaiah Lee or Josh Bailey does play well in that first game. You know, it's funny you go through and, and different things that always pop up, and especially the first depth chart of the year. After David Montgomery, though, four different guys listed there. We've talked about them here, Jim and I, in various capacities throughout the summertime. Crony, Lang, Nwangu, Warren, all those guys listed with an or at the backup spot there. If you had to take a guess, though, who, who are the guys, if, if an injury happens to Montgomery, who do you think would get the bulk of the carries? Right. I think uh, Sheldon Crony is going to be uh, Montgomery's true backup 
Um, in that scenario, I think he's going to be the one that gets the bulk of the reps, um, just because that's what happened last year um, against Kansas State and Baylor. Mm-hmm. Um, when Montgomery did go down with that knee injury, Sheldon Crony was the guy who stepped in, and um, he played pretty well for Iowa State. I think he averaged about five yards a rush, which is pretty good. Um, and then I think Mike Warren is going to be his true um, number two backup. But to go along with that, Johnny Lang and Kenny Nwangu are more specialized guys. So if Montgomery stays healthy, I think we actually see more of Lang and Nwangu um, rather than Crony and Warren because Nwangu is Iowa State's fastest player. They've said that since his freshman season. He is without a doubt Iowa State's fastest player. Um, and then Johnny Lang, um, Dave Montgomery gave an excellent quote about Lang in spring football. Um, he said, Johnny Lang is so shifty he can make you miss in a, in a telephone booth. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty funny. Um, just speaks to his shiftiness. So I think those two will actually get more carries if Montgomery stays healthy, just to spell him, because Montgomery's more of that power build. He's got excellent strength, excellent balance. He'll bounce off guys. He'll break tackles. But Nuangu and Lang can provide more of that uh, lightning to Montgomery's thunder. You know, you, you referenced Warren, and it was reported by everybody that apparently Matt Campbell indicated he was getting some work at safety. Is there any more yep. to that? Could could we see him at safety uh, in, in this upcoming game? What's the story? Right, that's an excellent question. Um, I would be personally shocked if we saw him at safety. I think what they're trying to do is give him a special teams role. And to give him that special teams role, I'm guessing they're playing him at safety so he learns tackling techniques better and those sorts of things. So I won't be surprised at all to see him on punt coverage or kick coverage um, just as a gunner to get down the field and try to make a tackle. Um, so I think that's where the whole safety thing comes in. If he actually plays that safety, I would be shocked. And, I mean, good for him because that means he beat out some decent guys. But uh, I don't see that happening personally. I think it's going to be more of a special teams play for Iowa State. and They're just giving him reps to see how he tackles and what they can do to improve his tackling. Ben Visser joining us right now from the Cedar Rapids Gazette, taking a look at Iowa State, the depth chart released here today. Well, the linebacker spot, certainly an interesting one, Ben. And uh, a couple of different spots, they were alphabetically listed when there was an or there. Not the case here. Is Rose the starter? Who do you think is going to take that first uh, snap at middle linebacker? Right, that's an excellent question. I noticed that exact same thing about the alphabetical order thing. Um, if you would have asked me this question two weeks ago when they indicated that Mike Rose was getting reps as a possible starter, mm-hmm. I would have said absolutely not. I think Orion Vance is going to start. I thought, even since spring, they had been talking up Orion Vance, um, his physicality, how good he is, how well he can make plays. So I kind of figured he was going to be the starter, and they mentioned Mike Rose. I figured that was supposed to fire up Orion Vance. I thought it was one of those coaching ploys where they mentioned another guy to fire up the guy who's supposed to start. But now that it's two weeks later and Mike Rose is, I mean, he gets mentioned more and more as the days go on. Um, and now he is listed number one. Granted, there is an or after his name. But it just seems like he's getting to that spot where he might start against South Dakota State. And Matt Campbell uh, indicated on today's telecom- Big 12 teleconference that all three guys, all three, Bobby Rose, or Mike Rose, Bobby McMillan, and Orion Vance will play against South Dakota State, but he is not sure who's going to be the starter. And right now it almost seems like Mike Rose is going to be the starter, even though I would have guessed Orion Vance throughout 
spring to now, but I guess things change. You know, another spot that has the oars there and three guys listed is the kicker spot. I'll be honest, I I thought we were going to be heading down a path where Francis would be your your kickoff guy, maybe longer field goals. Narvison, the freshman incoming from Arizona, he'd be your kicker, maybe everything short of 40, 45 yards. But a new name in the mix there, and and I'll be completely honest, i got to look at the pronunciation guide. Connor Asali? Asali? Do I got that right? Asali. Yep, yep, you got it right. Tell us about the uh, the sophomore in the mix there with a couple other guys for kicker. Yeah, that's another one that just threw me for a loop. Uh, We talked to Joe Houston, the special teams coach, uh, a week ago, I believe, and he was... We all thought, all the reporters thought, that is going to be like exactly like you said. Narvison was going to kick. Francis is going to do the kickoff. But um, Houston said, nope, there's a third guy in the mix, uh, Connor Sally, and actually all three guys are still in line to maybe even kick field goals. So hmm. that's been a really interesting development. Um, Matt Campbell calls Connor Sally very steady. Um, he's a very steady kicker. I'm assuming that means he's consistent. We haven't been told much about him um, at all, just that he's in contention for the kicking race. But, yeah, I definitely thought Nar- it would be nervous and almost running away with it. But apparently all three guys have had really good fall camps, and there's a legitimate competition for special teams. And Joe Houston was saying um, that they would like to have this figured out by this week, who the place kicker is going to be, so they can start giving that person – um, the reps they need to get ready for the season in South Dakota State. So it'll be interesting to see who they run out there. Finally for you, Ben, we'll let you go as we take a look at the matchup with South Dakota State. We know a very talented FCS team. They've made runs in the playoffs. They're, though they're not North Dakota State, they are very close. We know how you and I has been throughout the years. Just uh, how much talk is there going to be? Press conferences change is going to be going tomorrow instead of the normal Mondays of the last couple of years, the Tuesday press conference. How much do you think is going to be talked about just Iowa State as opposed to their opponent game number one in the Jackrabbits? Right. Um, that's a good question. For I think most teams, they try to make their first game, so the questions are about that team and they want to answer their own questions. Um, but South Dakota State, like you said, is really, really good. And they have an excellent quarterback by the name of Taron Christian who has passed for over 3,000 yards and 30 touchdowns each of the last two seasons on top of rushing for over 500 yards in, um, each of the last two seasons. So they got an excellent quarterback. They got a linebacker who's a junior who recorded a, over 125 tackles last year. And then you add in Brandon Snyder, the Iowa transfer. Mm-hmm. Um, South Dakota State's going to be good. So I think um, – Matt Campbell's going to I mean, he's always talking about the process and the details and things like that. His process and his details are going to have to be on point for South Dakota State because they're, a, like you said, they're a salty FCS team. Good stuff. Hey, Ben, as always, thank you so much for your time. Good catching up again. We'll be ringing your uh, phone a lot more. We got football season back. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Ben Visser joining us here from the Cedar Rapids Gazette. Jimmy B, time to, uh, well, we got our deep dive into things there with the Iowa State depth chart. Boy, does it feel good. Don't, don't you love when we get something <laughs> like this out of Monday, getting us, we're game week, we made it. I know, I, I'm just, I'm so excited. Uh, look, I, I got excited watching Hawaii and Colorado State over the weekend. That was a wild game. Can you imagine now how I feel as we know that we're only a few days away from 
an entire weekend of college football. Trent, this is the best. You, you and I both live for this. We are both big college basketball guys, but yes, uh, we could not wait for college football to begin. We made it, Jimmy B. We made it. We're coming back on the other side. We got Wolfgang stopping by. We'll talk some Hawkeyes with him from the Cyclones to the Hawks, and we'll do it next year. Jimmy B and TC rolls on with you until 6 o'clock tonight. Back with more in a moment. Back with you as we take you up until 6 o'clock tonight. It's Jimmy B and TC, 1700 KBGG. Well, got Wolfgang in tow for his Monday spot throughout the football season. Talk with Wolfgang normally on Mondays and Fridays as we get ready for the Iowa football season. Iowa State, South Dakota State, you and I, they go out to Montana. Big week number one, Wolfgang, and it's time to hold your feet to the fire. We got to get season predictions out of the way. So I was calling for your predictions, I don't know, what was it, 10 days ago or whatever, and I was mad that you hadn't done it, but I wasn't mad at you really because I was like, "What is? I get what he's doing. He's waiting and waiting and waiting. Why wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Get more information, find out about the other teams, find more about Iowa State. Are you going to pick Iowa to beat Iowa State or Iowa State to beat Iowa? Fair either way, right? Mm-hmm. So I get why you wait till the last moment. Um. But right now, so it's fun. So I didn't hear your prediction. So that's fun for me. Let's do this live. So this is off the cuff. Do you want to let's let's have you go first? Okay. Because for the people that haven't listened to us that are just now getting into sports radio, and that happens, Trent. Yes. Everybody tuning in. Yep. Football season is right around the corner. There's a lot of people that I know out there that like sports, and they're like, eh, you know, I'm going to follow politics or something else. They're coming right back in now. This is huge with a lot of people that I just talked to, like at the fantasy draft that I was doing and all that sort of stuff. There's people that are just coming in now. So what people don't know is you and I are going back and forth. Are we going to go top ten? Because the Hawkeyes have like a history under Kirk Ferentz of going top ten or out of the top ten. Or out of, excuse me, out of the top 25. Right? Mm-hmm. So but I, was, I was mentioning this to people and they were – kind of getting into it and kind of liking it and liking the opinion stuff. So five times Kirk has finished in the top ten. One time he has finished between 10 and 25 every other year outside that. I can't wait to hear this. I'm, I'm giddy right now. This is a kid thing, Trent. This is like Christmas morning for me, and we're adults now. We're getting older. Do you feel this way about anything else in your life other than maybe watching your kid play sports? The, I would. I yeah. get that like that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, the the anticipation it's huge, and every year when I make my first steps into Kinnick Stadium, there there's a a brush that you don't get anymore. You know, I played a lot of golf this weekend for the first time all summer. Got to play two days in a row. Don't get the same rush. Playing pickup ball with my guys. I mean, I don't go past the three point line one way or the other, defensively or <laughs> offensively. You know, wait I, a second. Wait, what now? You I, play pickup b ball? Oh yeah, yeah. Poorly, but yeah, yeah. And I'll shoot some 24-footers, and if a guy goes by me, I just let him go because I'm not getting back. I, I can't play defense anymore. I'm too fat. But I, you don't get the same rush. Playing slow pitch, no. It, it just it doesn't. But every time I walk into Kinnick Stadium for that first game, there, there's a rush that comes over me. It's, it's awesome. It, I mean, it's difficult to explain for people that don't go to the games, that, that don't you know make their way there, that don't have a team that they follow it's difficult to replicate that. Iowa football still does that for me. I've told you before, Iowa basketball was my first love, but Iowa football, it's a different kind of feeling. I'm pumped up for this season, Wolfgang, and 
as we've talked about throughout the spring and summer now, I've been back and forth all year long. I mean, there's days that I, weeks that I've come in here and I look around, boy, that offensive line and, and the linebackers and D tackles, I don't think they're going to be any good at all. And then you got, what, eight guys leave the program throughout the summer and the suspensions in the first game. This team's going to be five and seven. <laughs> and then there's other days that I come in and I, oh, Nate Stanley, NFL quarterback and, and the running game that they have. And look at those tackles. And you know what? Maybe, maybe this is the year that Brandon Smith takes that big step. And on and on and on. You get excited and go the other way. And I got him 11 and one. So I've been a full range this season. But I'm ready here. I'm ready Listen to Listen make- to yourself. Listeners, do you understand how this gets me off? Because <laughs> I, I was talking to my brother, and he, was, he said something to me that was really snotty. He was like, he was looking at our kids having fun. He's like, do they know this is as good as it gets? Yeah. And I went, oh, my God. It depressed me. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I, you know what I mean? It's like, really, if you think back, like the morning before Christmas or stuff like that, Stuff that you can't get that feeling now. There's very few things that as as an adult where you still get that. And I heard you, your passion, your fun for this, and I can tell you're not making that up. It still gets you. You do this for a living. You make money off this sports stuff, and I can hear it. You you are proud. You are you can't wait for this to happen, and you're giddy. It's giddy. Every year, every year at this time, it's a good time. It's a good time to do this. Summer can be lean at times, but when we get to football season, that's when things really ramp up, and I absolutely love it, Wolfgang. Okay. Here we are. Trent, I get into the corny stuff sometimes, but I have to sometimes. Tell me. go. I want to know your opinion first, um, and then I'll give you my opinion. I've been back and forth like you. I'm not making fun of you when I say you've been back and forth. Mm-hmm. That's, that's how you are. You're trying to think about it. So I'm yeah. not bashing you. I hope you know that. So what, what do you, where are you going with this? Everybody has probably heard this. I haven't. I'm sorry. I have not heard your opinion, and you can change it if you want to. No, I, I'm not changing. I am locked in with my prediction for the year. So, so if, if, if Stanley's done tomorrow and he got hit by a car, okay, thank you. I'm, now we know. I'm locked in. Well, that okay, that could change things. Yeah, you're right. You're right. This, <laughs> as it sits today, without any other suspensions <laughs> or injuries, this is how it is. Gotcha. Okay. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. I'm, okay, so let me ask you a first question. Iowa State game, who's winning? Well, let's, let's kind of take the non-conference as a whole. First three okay. games. Iowa is going to beat Northern Illinois on Saturday, and, and I believe they're going to beat them quite handily. I, I know there's a lot of concern and consternation about Sutton Smith, defensive line. for the. I don't think they're going to be able to move the football very effectively, though, against the Iowa defense, being Northern Illinois. Iowa wins it 31-13, so they're off. They're cruising. They're, they're in good shape right away, right off the bat. Week two, Iowa State, though, that's going to be different. Wolfgang, <laughs> they're losing the Cyclones. Iowa oh State's my coming God. into Kinnick Stadium. They're going to find a way to win it 27-24, 23-20, maybe even another overtime game. But Iowa State gets the win. The Hawks are 1-1. One one. They come back. They beat you and I the following week, setting up the showdown with Wisconsin. And maybe this is more wishful thinking than anything. I'm starting to get into your camp and my dislike for Wisconsin. It grows more and more each and every year. What do you mean? Why did I have to talk you into that? That's weird. (laughs) Well, you have a problem with the fans. I have not had the same problem with the fans that you have, but it's just annoying. Two programs similarly run, do similar things, but Every time they've had opportunities, they've had those breakthrough moments. So they have a good season, and they followed up with another one. They, they have taken the Iowa model and taken it a step further. What have they been to? I, I think 
six of the eight Big Ten championship games, five of the eight Big Ten championship games since that's come into existence. They've just been a step ahead of the Hawks. And frankly, it gets annoying. It gets annoying. They're not doing it with great recruits. And we're not talking about a hot butt of talent like Ohio, like Michigan, like Pennsylvania. This is Wisconsin. Yeah. No, they don't have a Wisconsin state, but still, to see the way that their program has ascended in Iowa, good year, step back the next. Okay, but not great. Breakthrough moment. They don't have the losses to North Dakota State, to Central Michigan. They don't have the losses seemingly every other year to Northwestern. They, they have, they're a step above, and frankly, it gets annoying. Well, that ends this year, Wolfgang, because the Iowa Hawkeyes are going to do something offensively for once against the Badgers. They're going to have to score to beat Wisconsin. That's the difference. They're, they can't win 10-6 to 6 like they did three years ago in 2015. You're going to have to put points on the board. Iowa will be good enough this year offensively to do that. Oh, and yes. they get the Badgers at home. And away we go, Wolfgang. Can With I that, have 20 seconds on Wisconsin real quick? Do you mind? Go for it. So Lee Corso, I didn't see it, picked Wisconsin to win it all. Is that right? A couple days ago? Oh, did he? I didn't see that, no. Oh, so maybe I'm making that up. Let's, let's pretend that's true. Gosh, if you don't know that, then maybe it's not true. No. So I wasn't, I wasn't around this weekend, so it very well could have been. Okay, I watched game day. I didn't see it, and I saw it tweeted out. I don't know if it's true. And I told you, if I did not have my black and gold colored glasses on, if I was not drinking the Kool-Aid, and you know... I don't drink the Kool-Aid all the time. I know you like to bust my balls with that. I don't. I really don't. You know, I, I don't. I promise you. I'm just going to keep saying it over and over until it's true, Trent. Okay. okay. It's not true. But I get what Lee Corso is seeing there. I think I told you last week before he made his pick, if I wasn't a Hawkeye fan, if I wasn't in a state of Iowa fan who rooted for our teams, I would look at Wisconsin and go, sheesh. Oh, boy, look at that offense. Then we've got two, what, suspended wide receivers. Maybe they're going to be back. What time? I don't know. You, you mentioned that a little bit with Wisconsin. Their offensive line is six. Four of the five have been basically put out there as first or second. I mean, I think four of the five offensive linemen for Wisconsin have been first team, all Big Ten, in you can find a magazine and or a website that will put them there. That's disgustingly sick. You hate their quarterback. What I want to get to when you go to me in a second is this analytics site that I saw. They consider him a tad below average, okay? Mm -hmm. So does he make that step up? Wisconsin is one of those teams, Trent, if I didn't have this Iowa background, that I might do what Lee Corso did. Is that crazy? I think it is. I think it is. And, And I think Wisconsin is going to be very good this year. Now, to win it all. Not yeah, only, I wouldn't. I wouldn't pick them to win it all. See, I and, think they're going to be really good, Trent. Yeah, I, I mean, really if if do. you if somebody picks them to the college football playoff, I'm not going to laugh at them. In fact, okay, I would pick them to the playoff. I'll just say it now. Yep, yeah, I would. It's winning the West, doing it with one loss, maybe two, but probably one loss, and then beating whoever comes out of the East, be it Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, Ohio State, doesn't matter. Win that game, but then to win it all, you have to beat whoever, probably Alabama or Clemson in the quarterfinals, and then the other one in the championship game. That seems like a stretch to me. Can they compete with those teams? Absolutely. But to beat both of those teams, two teams like that yeah. in back-to-back weeks, it's a huge stretch in my mind. So your your stud your stud thing that you brought up in the summer, I remember when I was at Clear Lake, I went into the bathroom trying to get away from the kids and the family, <laughs> and you brought up that awesome, like, to get into the Final Four bet. Yes. 
What do you remember that being with Wisconsin back then versus it versus what it is now? Do you remember? I, I don't remember what it was. I can look at what it is right now, though. Um, okay. All right, I'm going through because what you you look, but yeah, what you the one of the cool things you brought up is Iowa State had a better chance to make the Final Four than Iowa did. Yes, and that was one of those things you brought up, and I love just off the cuff live radio. Like I just you had my live reaction of like, woo. You know, I, I think I had, like, Iowa State's right, but I, I did not know Iowa State had a better chance of making the Final Four in college football than Iowa. I was totally wrong on that, but I did have Iowa State um, numbers right. Uh, you, did you find your stuff there? I did, and uh, at least offshore right now, they both actually have the same odds of getting into the college football playoffs. Who? Who are you talking about? Both Iowa and Iowa State. They're both at 80-1 to 1 now. To win the conference... Iowa State twenty-five to one, Iowa to win the Big Ten also twenty-five to one. So those numbers now, as we get closer and closer to the season, have kind of evened up a little bit. So as a gambler, what do you make of the stuff that we talked about in the summer versus now? Because you were going cray cray a little bit. What do you make of what we've? So I want to know how the numbers have changed. I'm sorry if I'm putting you on the spot. Well, I don't yeah, and, and I'll stuff. be frank. I don't know what they were. So okay, I, yeah, I, I don't. So I don't, what are you making of it right now? What you're looking at. What you have with these is, especially offshore accounts, I mean, A, the limits probably aren't very big, and secondly, a couple of bets, a couple of hundred, $500 bets, can certainly change those odds very quickly. So you can't read too much into it. When you see a point spread move or you see a future bet move in Vegas, that's one thing. But you know, I have all these numbers from offshore. You can't read into them. If you go overboard with it, I think you're reading too much into it. You get what I'm saying? But I thought... It has to be a lot of money to sway a sway a line. Am I wrong there? Uh, I, and I'm not saying I'm asking. No, not necessarily. No, and tell me why. A, well, a place like this that has a bunch of liability on one team, they're just going to move the odds. You know, let's let's say they they've taken oh, fifty bets on Wisconsin all at five hundred bucks a piece at seven to one to make the college football playoff. Well, that number is going to go very quickly. That same thing happens in Vegas. It wouldn't be a start because there's more money out there. There's more money in the pot, more money in the pool. They can move the numbers a little bit, but it isn't as substantial as one singular sports book offshore. Okay. But the Wisconsin okay. Badgers right now, to make the college football playoff, that's all. Just get in. Plus 350. 7-2. to two. So you put up 100 bucks, they win it, you win 350. Okay, now, now, again, not a gambler. Haven't gambled for a long time. Used to do it online, I mean, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Haven't done it since then. I was okay. I wasn't bad. I wasn't good. I was okay. I'm sitting here listening to this Wisconsin stuff. Is this not something you want to bet on? If I'm not a Hawkeye fan and I don't have, and I'm not just drinking the Kool-Aid, so you look at playing Michigan, you look at playing Penn State, you look at playing at Iowa, right? Yep. Are those all road games, am I right? Yes, they also, the two other expected better teams in the Big Ten West, Northwestern and Nebraska, they also go on the road there. Okay, I, I'm not scared of Nebraska. Am no, I being, no, no. Let's talk about that in the future. There are some people that actually on the Big Ten oh, Network that, are making that. me rethink per, that. Purdue is their road game. They're at home for Nebraska. Purdue is their other road game. But yeah, okay. road games at Iowa, at Michigan, at Northwestern, at Penn State, at Purdue. Okay, that doesn't sound good, does it no. to me? So if Iowa and, and, actually loses, real quick, Trent, if Iowa loses to Purdue, or excuse me, if Iowa loses to Wisconsin, this thing ain't over. 
It's not over, but remember. It's not over, and I thought it was before, early in the year. Tiebreakers are going to go the way of the Badgers, though, because even if Iowa loses that game and goes 6-1 and one the rest of the way, or 7-1 and one the rest of the way, finish 7-2 and two in the conference, and Wisconsin drops two of those games, they lose at Michigan, at Penn State, they're still 7-2, and two and they still have the tiebreaker. It ain't over, and look up the, if you can look up the schedule real quick while I blab, but at the, like earlier in the year, Wisconsin's schedule is what I'm talking about. Earlier in the year, I was basically saying, Trent, if Iowa loses to Wisconsin, it's over. It's freaking over. And I've said that and said that, and then I looked at it and I you know, processed it and thought about it a little bit more. It's not over. If Iowa loses to Wisconsin, it's not necessarily over. If you look at Wisconsin's schedule, you look at Iowa's schedule, and if I, I mean, obviously, Iowa has to take care of business. I know that. It's not as over as I thought it was earlier in the year. Is that fair or no? You're, you're not getting that. You're basically saying Iowa has to beat Wisconsin. I believe That's, so. That yeah. was Because I, I don't see either Iowa running the table from there or, on the other side of it, Wisconsin losing three games. Okay. If, if Iowa I, doesn't beat I agree. Beat it. I agree, but it's, it's not totally over like the case I was making earlier in the summer. If Iowa loses to Wisconsin, there is a scenario where those there are three games, and I think you maybe brought up four that Wisconsin can lose. There is an analytics website that I am looking at, and I looked at yesterday, that has Wisconsin losing three games mm-hmm. at Penn State, at Michigan. I'm sorry if I'm wrong. At Penn State, at Michigan, at Iowa. That's three games. Yeah. So it maybe we're are we again? Are we too? Far in here, and we're not seeing and we're not looking outside what could happen? Are we not studying Wisconsin's schedule enough, Trent? Well, I am, and that's why I've been down on the Badgers more than most everybody lately. I, I just, I think betting on them to make the college football at plus 350, I think that's a terrible bet. I, I like Michigan State at 8-1 to one, a whole lot better than so I you do. hated my Wisconsin take. Yeah, yeah. I, no. you, either, you either have to like, wait, one of my opinions, Trent, you have to like. You have to say Iowa can lose to Wisconsin and still win the Big Ten. Which which I think they both are suck. you going with? I, I, I think they both suck. I think they're two terrible things. <laughs> I have literally cornered you, and you hate both my opinions, even though they're almost opposite. Yeah, I I, I don't like either of them. I don't like either of them. <laughs> you don't like me. That's okay. No, 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 no. I like Michigan State a lot more at eight to one to make the college football playoff. I like Stanford, even though their schedule is an absolute bear, at thirteen to one. I think there's a lot better odds that you can get a lot better teams to take because Wisconsin, I don't think even at 11 and 2. Let's say they lose to like I said, both Michigan and Penn State, they're 10 and 2. They're still going to the Big Ten, uh, Big 10 title game and they win 11 and 2. I still think they're sitting at home with two losses. We haven't seen two loss teams get in. It's been about that L. And though the Wisconsin brand is very good, it's not good enough to get in with two losses. That's another reason I don't like Wisconsin to get in the college football playoff. Can they? You, sure. But I, I personally, with my bankroll, would not be doing it. And you mentioned Michigan. Okay, so months ago, you and I both agreed that we really liked Michigan's roster. Mm-hmm. At least, I, again, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. If I'm wrong, you tell me. I feel like we both agreed that Michigan is getting overlooked. Why are they getting overlooked? Probably because of their schedule. But roster-wise, I love their roster. I love the new quarterback they brought in. I love their defense. I think Harbaugh is a good coach, a really good coach. So what's your opinion on Michigan? I need to know this. I like them. 
I like Michigan State are a little you, bit more, but I, you were I ready it. to you were ready to take them, Trent. Like maybe not. I'm not saying to win it like all or no, win the Big no, Ten, but no, you no, were ready no. to take them further than some people were ready. Just throw them off to the side. Well, and and the other part of this is we talk about all these teams is the big difference is how good the Big Ten is and the Big Ten East is. It's you go sick. through. It's sick, dude. It, and like I just said, with Wisconsin at eleven and two, even with a win in the Big Ten title game, two losses eliminates you pretty much yearly. That that's what we found out. It doesn't matter what kind of schedule you play. It doesn't matter what kind of road games you have. All that's mattered to the selection committee is that column that has L, and if that's a zero or one in it, that's it. And because of that, I mean, are we going to see a three-way tie at seven and two in the East between? Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State. It very well could happen. And then the tiebreaker will determine you know, who goes to Indianapolis. But if that happens and then they get by Wisconsin in that title game at 11-2, and will they have enough built up? I, I, that's, that's why I struggle. And, and the difference between these teams and Clemson, who has a cakewalk to the, to the college football playoff, playoff, even if they lose a game, they're not going to yeah. lose the ACC. Alabama, yeah, exactly. they obviously have the benefit of the doubt, as we saw a year ago. They go 11-1, don't make the title game in the SEC yet they still get it. Those teams are at such a different level than everybody else. I, I think that makes it even more difficult for the Big Ten this year. And you, and you heard what you said right there, right? Alabama doesn't even win their division, doesn't even play for the SEC title. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it just, I don't even know what to say. I'm like, at one point, I like it. I like the fact that we kind of knew Maybe not. Maybe you didn't. I, I kind of know if Alabama loses, like, I'm going to pick Alabama. It's just, that's a gun to my head. I'm picking Alabama pretty much every year, Yeah. even if they lose. You know what I mean? If, they, if they're in the Final Four and they don't deserve to be there, I, I'm picking them. That's just how I am. So, in future reference, that's what I'm thinking. But it's, it, to me, it has to, and I talked with Dace and Miller back in the day, and they weren't for playoffs, and now all of a sudden they're for playoffs. And I don't even know where they stand now, but I was always for this. And I can't literally put down on paper what I want. Is four enough? Is six enough? Is eight enough? You want the regular season to matter, Trent? Mm-hmm. I do. Maybe you don't. I don't. I have no idea. No, it was, it, wanna... it's what makes college football unique and a great thing. Is that regular season matters? It's not just about being good enough to get in, and you get those big, you know, sixteen team brackets that people have out there, and makes the season meaningless. I mean, you could go down to the end of the game in Big Ten territory, Ohio State, Michigan, and it doesn't matter. It matters for seeding purposes, but both teams go in there 10-1. and one. Well, okay, the loser will still be in the playoffs, so it's fine. You don't want that. You, you don't want that to happen. Is there a cutoff where you say, because, and I, I'm sorry, I don't know your, your history on this. Did you want a four-game playoff back yes, in the day? Yes, yes. I've always thought, always always, or was there a point where you change your mind? I always thought four was the perfect number. Going back to the late '90s, I've always been a proponent of four teams in. Now, I kind of want eight, and maybe it, and you get bracket creep that starts to get in there. But I would like to see Central Florida get a shot. I'd like to see the best team from the group of five get oh, an God. opportunity. You are a UNI fan. We're in a battle with this over the years, dude. You are such a so, schmuck. So you I go, love you, dude, but you're a schmuck on this stuff. What? Central Florida, stop it. Why? So you go into a season. You know what? You know, you know how stupid this is? Well, no, 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 no. Listen, do you know how stupid it is to go into a season and half the teams, half the teams before the season begins, can't win a championship? You know how dumb that is? 
Yes. Have, go to a school that matters, Trent. How about that? Okay, then why don't we just separate these teams to a different level then? Sounds good to me. But it's not reality. It's called the Power Five. That's what you do. They are separated. You, unless somebody is so good, you're saying Central Florida with Frost, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Houston unless a couple years Trent, before real that. Quick, real quick, Ben. If, unless they're so good, so, so good. No, I'm sorry. How do we know Central Florida wasn't? And that's why I'd like to see eight, because I'd like to see those teams have an opportunity, have them something to realistically play for as opposed to going to the Liberty Bowl, going to the Peach Bowl and, and getting, hey, get your shot. Well, do you really? No. You get one game, one shot. Central Florida did it last year. They beat Auburn. Alabama couldn't beat Auburn. Central Florida does get one shot. That's what you don't get as a they, you and I fan. So they are national well, champions. Okay, they are I national friend. champions then, right? What's that? I'm sorry. What's they, that? They are national champions then. You said they what, got a shot, so consider no, them national champions. No, they do champions. get a shot. And what you don't get with the small programs like that is they don't have to get up for every game. Iowa has to get up for every game. Yeah. Michigan, Ohio State, Iowa State, they have to get Indiana, up for every Maryland, game. Purdue. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they do have to get up for Purdue. If they don't, guess what happens? They lose to Purdue. Purdue was a bowl team last year, Trent. Right, and they were garbage the six years previous. I don't, I'm not talking about six years previous. I'm talking last year. Get Illinois. I mean, who would you rather play, Illinois or Memphis? Yeah, this is going to be fun over the years talking with you about this because you think I'm a snob. I think you don't get it. So that's, it's going to be fun. I come off as a snobby-ass bleep, and you, you're you sticking up for the little guy, so everybody's going to love you. But guess what? I'm giving Iowa State and Iowa the advantage over some no-name that plays two games a year in some conference I can't even pronounce. You can't pronounce American? Can't pronounce American. I, I can, but I'm really mad at you right now, and I <laughs> know you're mad at me. Well, and, and now we're out of time. Didn't even get through what we were going to do today. So what, what's Iowa going to finish this year? I got them 9-3 and three and in the Big Ten title game playing Michigan State. Stay tuned. Guess, they gotta have, uh, guess they're going to have to listen Friday. How about that? Yeah. Keep, keeping the people wanting more. All right. Well, and you okay. said what, what, what record real quick? 9-3, and three, lost to Iowa State, 7-2 and two in the Big Ten. Tiebreaker over Wisconsin. They play in Indianapolis against Michigan State. Very weird. You, you picked three losses when I put the over-under at three. Oh, okay. Interesting. I don't know where you're going. You're right. You are bi you're like bipolar, you're tripolar, and so am I, so I get that, and I don't mean any negative to anybody that is, but you're all over the place on this. I will uh, be sending you your 2017 Central Florida National Championship t-shirt, <laughs> and we'll talk on Friday. Thanks, Trent. See you, buddy. <laughs> Wolfgang checking in with us here. Back with more in a moment, it's Jimmy B and TC. Welcome back, everybody. Our final segment, as we will say goodbye to you at the top of the hour, Jimmy B and TC on the Big Talker 1700. All right, pal, look, I'm just kind of like snoring because of the NFL exhibition weekend. Uh, boy, oh boy, a lot of coaches sat players out and... And it, it, it changed the whole dynamic of what generally that game three is, where it used to be a dress rehearsal and the starters played a half. And man, oh man, over the weekend, it, it was just ugly, 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 ugly football. Trent, I, I, I'm surprised that they, well, I'm not surprised it's the NFL, but I can't believe that fans actually 
cough up tickets to go to those garbage games because they were bad. Well, you have to, Jim. I mean, if, you, if you're yeah, going to get I season know. tickets, it's a part of it. See, so. Yep. Yep. There's nothing they can yep. do. You are held ah, hostage by the stuck. owners, and yep. it's yep. not the way it should be, but it's the reality. It's the way that it is. So you're paying for 10 games, two crappy preseason games, and maybe crappier. And possibly, you know, with what we saw with Chicago and what Matt Nagy did, this is a real possibility that changes are coming. Four weeks is way too yes. long, Jim. It's always been way too long. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, maybe it made sense way back in the day when guys are – Selling insurance or working on the farm in the off season, <laughs> but yeah. I mean today it's it's a money grab. That's all that it is, and come up with a better system. Come up with a better way. Two preseason games and an eighteen game regular season. I know they want the gate as long as the money's going back to the players. Fine, but you got to come up with a better system than this. And this mm-hmm. could be the wheels now in motion of improvements with the NFL preseason schedule the way that it is tonight. Tonight, appointment no television. Football. To appointment television. <laughs> no, seriously, Jim. Tonight? What? Yeah. Noah Syndergaard against John Lester? Come on, Jimmy. Oh, into that. I'll be into that game. Yes, I was just going to say it's just baseball, but that is that is the the pitching matchup that we have. Also, Trent, uh, I'm going to take a peek at Washington at Philly. Yeah. And, and I know, but hey, you know they're Philly still playing for a for a playoff spot here. They are, and the league and and, and the American League, uh, you have to dial in to Oakland at Houston later on, don't you think? Well, and it's not that late; it's seven o'clock, Jimmy B. So, well, we're, yeah, yeah, we're in good shape there. No, I agree with you there. I am so sick of the Nationals and, and talking about that disappointing team all season long. Strasser yep. will be out there. He'll probably leave in the second inning with an arm injury. That guy annoys the crap out of me. So, no, you, <laughs> you can watch the Phillies and that. I will be with you, though. In between the Cubs game tonight and uh, the yeah. Mets and Syndergaard, I'll be going back over to Oakland-Houston. That, that's the one to keep an eye on this evening. And then here we go, Jimmy B. Tomorrow, press conferences for Iowa State in Iowa. We'll get that happening. We got real football on Thursday. We got a good week in front of us. I, I'm excited for it. I'm I'm very excited. I really am. I can't wait. Oh, and also uh, the major announcement out of Iowa State, Trent, that now on their coaches' show they are not going to take telephone calls. What? Cyclone Jerry's crying. Mike yes. in Waterloo. Oh, Denny in Clear man. Lake. Uh, the, yeah, Whoa. the long time big shots of. Uh, the call-in show will be no more. It's a sad day, an end of an era, if you will, for the call-in show. <laughs> be a little bit different going forward. With that, we are out of time. We'll be back tomorrow starting at noon. Myself and Ken Miller get you through your lunch break and then on your drive home here with Jimmy B and TC. Thanks, everybody out there for listening in. We'll do it again tomorrow. Enjoy your night.